Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited that you're about to listen in on another episode of the Made Possible by podcast. I wanted to take a quick second to let you know exactly what we do. Made Possible by makes giving easy for community-minded businesses and provide a more effective way to share their stories of good. Now let's jump into the podcast. Welcome to the Made Possible by podcast, where we have conversations around good with community-minded individuals. We hope that today's episode inspires you to go out and do good. Hello, and thank you again for joining us for another conversation around good. We love Made Possible by to share great stories of businesses, individuals, organizations that are doing great things in their community. And I'm excited to, for our guest today because I've never had a conversation in my life with anyone in the Caribbean. I wish that I was there with you today, Selwyn. I wish I was, I could have hopped on a plane and, and hung out with you um, in Barbados. Are you in Barbados today? Yes, I am. And in, in better times, here's an open invitation to you. Well, thank you. Belize is on my have to do list in my life. So <laughs> I'm hoping that I could, uh, I could make that happen. So today our guest is um, Selwyn Cambridge. He, like I said, he is in um, the Caribbean. He is the founder and executive director of the, in- I, I'm going to say that word over again, the founder and executive director of the entrepreneurial network called 10 Habits. Excuse me. I'm going to completely start that over, Selwyn. I just said that one. Tin Habitat. Thank you. Our guest today is the founder and executive director of the entrepreneurial network Tin Habitat, which is a nonprofit nonprofit organization based in Barbados, which focuses on developing investor-ready firms and engaging the Caribbean diaspora to invest in them. You're described as a serial entrepreneur. I want to hear more about that. Clearly, you've done lots of things. Um, He has a passion for developing and driving initiatives to provide support to the regional startup community. And this is evidenced in the creation of the Caribbean's first hybrid accelerator. Oh, we need to hear more about that for sure. Um, which you launched alongside with a co-working facility and in an innovative hub in Barbados. Um, you're also a marketing and brand strategist um, by profession. Um, Selwyn is, has almost two decades of experience in communications and marketing industry, and you're credit, credited with multiple American Advertising Federation awards. That's a big list of stuff you've got going there. You, you look way too young to have accomplished all those things. Well, I, let's say I started earlier. <laughs> They started early. Let's go. You were 12, right? You were 12 when you started all these things. There you go. There you go. So tell us a little bit more uh, personal things about you or just something interesting about you. And tell us something that made you smile this week. Well, I can start certainly with a lot. The thing that makes me smile every week is my dog. I've got a, well, I've got four dogs, but the latest addition is... uh, uh, Napoleon Mastiff and Great Dane uh, mix, and he's quite large. And so, watching him play with a uh, little tiny Jack Russell is always the thing that brings me the greatest joy. Oh my gosh! So you have everywhere from Mastiffs, Great Danes to Jack Russells. Yes, that's correct. That's quite a span. You've got a lot going on there. Um, yes, it is. I- 
dog's in studio with me here today, so hopefully he'll be quiet or she'll be quiet. I don't know. She's she seems calm right now, but she's she's just a lab. She's not. All right, right. I guess I have a lab too. So yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just I, if you hear any noises of dogs in the background, you know what it is. It's it's my. Okay, I'll, I'll blame it on your dogs, not mine. <laughs> okay, so tell us more other than your dog. I mean. Uh, I'm into to entrepreneurial development and business, but it certainly was not always that way. I had the grand aspiration of becoming an artist. I'm still very much involved and excited by by uh, the arts, and so I support it in any way I can. But um, I went to art school and studied uh, fine art for four years before moving on. So that's something that not many people know about. But yeah, I still have so, this little hidden desire to express yeah. myself creatively. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, what is your art venue? What is your your favorite choice to go to? I mean, not venue to go to. I mean, how you express yourself. What's your yeah? What, well, what's your well, I, I I love I love drawing. I love um, charcoals. So okay. I, I tend to do charcoals on canvas from time to time, and I've dabbled somewhat uh, a little in. Um, watercolors and, and oils on canvas so it's really painting and drawing it's primarily my my mode of expression unfortunately i've not been able to do that very often as much as i would like to do but uh, hopefully with all of the many lockdowns and the pauses that we've been going through as a result of this pandemic i'll probably pick it up again well, I'm sure, that, well, I shouldn't say that. You may have had more time to do that with the lockdown, but I'm sure your the stress, I'm sure that would help with your stress to yeah. be able to, to go do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so enjoying your dogs and an artist. Not many people would know about that. So I love, I love, I love discovering new things about people. That's exciting. So tell us um, why and how you started Tin Habitat and what would you tell your then self? looking back because it's been a while it's been out yeah, there for yeah, a while, it's been a while. i think well? i think the first thing i'll tell myself is that uh patience is a virtue and to learn it quickly <laughs> yeah. because yeah. i mean starting a business is a lot of work and it's a lot of dedication and perseverance that is required and you need to be able to be patient and weather the storms as they come uh, i mean what my driving force for starting 10 Habitat is directly connected to my own um, personal experience, uh, experiences as an entrepreneur myself. When I first started, uh, it was quite bluntly a horrible experience because trying to start a business and trying to get support from the organizations that were designed to support entrepreneurs was a very frustrating experience. Um, and I made a lot of mistakes and then just decided to go it on my own and try to figure it out and uh, learn by doing. Uh, that, that taught me a lot. And I developed a lot of, you know, um, I guess you can say uh, institutional knowledge about uh, building businesses and made a personal vow to myself that if there was anything I can, I can do to help others avoid the mistakes that I made and make starting businesses less stressful and at least a bit more palatable for them, I would. And that uh, led me to create uh, 10. And it was essentially meant to be a network for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs supporting their growth. 
Okay, so do you, would you say you're an accelerator and an incubator kind kind of helping people along the way? It's why we call ourselves a hybrid, because we, we are essentially that we've combined the concepts and principles of incubation with the speed and process of acceleration. So what we do is we take persons with innovative ideas and we put them through a process to accelerate them in a longer than traditional period of the accelerator. So your traditional accelerator may run from anywhere to two weeks to, to three to four months. We go up to eight months. And so we try to move them through a process that gets them there while still mentoring and holding their hand through the process. So a large part of what we do is really being a companion with the entrepreneur along their journey, you know, so that they, they have that type of mental, emotional, and uh, financial support that they need. Yes, and we, we being made possible by, we um, went through an accelerator in here in the States last year. We went through right. the Oklahoma City Thunder Launchpad. That's how you and I got connected was through GAN. Um, right. Shout out to right. GAN yes. today, Global Accelerator Network, yes. Um, but the, the Stitch Crew program through the Thunder Launchpad was such a benefit to us in that it was you know, nine months, I think it was uh, quite a bit, maybe it was six months, I don't know, but it was longer. And their theme at Stitch, Stitch Crew is nobody grows businesses alone. You can't do it by yourself. And it sounds like you went down that road early on by yourself, and it was really difficult. Absolutely. And it's also why we, we preach on the, on the concept of community. It's a big, big deal with us. I mean, we strive to build community around entrepreneurs because that is absolutely critical to their success. Mm -hmm. So is that, do you think that's the main thing that sets you apart from other accelerators? Do you have other aspects that you think make you different? Yeah, I, I believe so. I think, I, so we tend to focus on two things that I believe really truly sets us apart. The first thing is community. Uh, so it's sort of community first. Uh, and then the second is mindset. Uh, we, we really believe very strongly in this notion that fix your mind and your brain will fall and your business will follow. Um, so if, if you, if you understand that, you know, with the appropriate mindset, you're able to enter into the valleys and peaks of starting a business with the understanding that you've got the tools that are necessary for your success. And a lot of entrepreneurs that we found um, don't quite appreciate what it is they're really getting into until it hits them smack in the face. And if they're not mentally prepared to be able to deal with those challenges, they can crumble. And so that's why community is so important for us in building that supportive network around them. And then secondly, ensuring that they've got the right mindset. So. For us, it's community first, mindset second, business third. Okay, because if I you've got that. those first two things, you can deal yes. with the business. Yes, well, ha surrounding yourself with people, they're gonna help you. And then you do, you have to be, uh, entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart, right? <laughs> because it's challenging, it's scary. It's, I mean, there's so many things. Um, one of our mentors, Chris Lucas at Stitch Crew, um, 
and Erica both they both said this is you got to get out of your head you got to get out of your head because you set your mind I, I with what you're saying you this is what I'm doing but you start spinning out you know getting afraid yeah. and getting afraid yeah. and it's, you got to yeah. go back to that no no I, I'm, I'm 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 gonna make this happen I'm gonna make this happen and not get yeah. stuck in my head so mindset so. is crucial to success yes okay so having a strong focus in nurturing global communities around the Caribbean entrepreneurs, you founded the Caribbean Startup Summit. Tell us about that. When, when we started, when we started 10 Habitat, one of the um, points that I made to my team was that we need to be able to develop from white, right within the Caribbean global companies. But we can't do that by having an, uh, an inward focus. We need to have a focus that is outward. And that means exposing our Caribbean founders to uh, global founders, to global press best practices. And so this, the creation of the Caribbean Startup Summit was really to, in a nutshell, marry global best practices with local ingenuity. And, um, and see what happened. And so by, by broadening the horizons of, of Caribbean founders, showing them what's possible on a global stage, showing them how others are doing it and how they have journeyed through their own development as, as founders was crucial to us. And I have to say that the experience has been truly magical. So before COVID, did you have people from around the world come in to... Oh yes, every every year we've we've staged it for I think it's four years now, and uh, every year uh, we've brought um, speakers and and entrepreneurs, um, investors from all over the globe. I mean, we've brought persons from Facebook, from Amazon, from Netflix. Uh, we've we've really tried to make this a global exercise that is. Um, fueled by those who are doing it well, those who have gone through the trenches and those who can give back their experiences to help others on the journey. Wow. And, and that really was just about, you know, opening the, the, the mindset and, and the vision of our local founders, our regional founders. Do you have any stories of any of the founders having come through the summit? and changes that they made or aha moments or yeah I, I remember the very first the very first uh the very first summit that we staged i, I remember um a team uh, founders yeah. coming up to me afterwards and said we were sitting in there in the audience and everything that was being told to us that said you should not do is exactly what we've been doing all along. It was like we were just checking a box every time to say, yep, we did that, which is what we should not have done. Yep, we did that. And it, it opened their eyes to what's possible. I mean, as a result of that, we've been that, that, that um, those, those summits, we've been able to uh, foster 
global collaborations with founders, uh, we've been able to establish uh, partnerships with, with local companies that are now, you know, building uh, technologies that can solve global problems, particularly in education and fintech. And it's, it's really been an experience, I think, for um, Caribbean entrepreneurship that I'm pretty proud of because our objective has always been, you know, create the right environment, fuel it with the right mindset, and magic will happen. And uh, we've, we've been fortunate enough to, to have been able to do it for as long as we have. And we're looking forward to doing it even more now in these times. So you have a co-working space. So people come in, I mean, before COVID, I don't know how, if you're able to do that round during COVID, but they come in and work together. They just are able to bounce ideas off each other. Um, how many people exactly. do, you, do you have, like, do you have, do you call them batches, terms? I don't know how you call your different groups. Yeah, so we, we, go in, we go in batches, but that's why, you know, our program is more, more of a hybrid. So we've got those who are, it's, it's so to understand why, there's a lot of there's a lot of, of of thought that went into what we designed. So one of the reasons it's called habitat is because we believe that entrepreneurs should be nurtured in the same way nature nurtures its young in habitats. And so we created essentially a habitat that maintained the four core elements found in any habitat, which is food, water, cover, and space. And uh, we replicated those in different ways. So uh, every aspect represents an, an element of what's found in a habitat in our own ecosystem. So the, the, um, the space was the co-working space. And the idea was to have uh, founders who are going through the accelerator with founders who are just feeling their way through trying to figure out their idea. And, and we, we like to call it learning through osmosis. So you put these different parties together in a space and they start to learn from each other. Those who are advanced, those who are middle stage and those who are now beginning trying to figure it out, those who are just exploring the concept of, of entrepreneurship, put them in the same space and um, and things happen you know these sparks fire and, and ideas get shared and and that's how we've been able to foster this robust community of support around the idea of entrepreneurship but more importantly individuals pursuing entrepreneurial endeavors i love the the habitat vision i love that um you're right. We need all those things to function right in our normal habitat. So creating that for entrepreneurs, that's a beautiful picture. That's very artistic of you. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's the artist in me coming through, right? <laughs> so how many um, entrepreneurs or startups have you had come through Tin Habitat thus far? So um, we, we've, got, we've got a group in of um, over 2,000. Um, and we've got, um, we've gone through, I think it was 
four or five batches of uh, 15 companies. 15 companies have gone through our accelerator. Um, from that, we've been able to uh, secure funding for seven of those um, entrepreneur, those companies, and I think it's about four of them are in currently negotiations with global partners to to expand their businesses. So we've been pretty fortunate. I think that there's still a lot more to do. Um, and uh, this this pandemic has, has really shown us, you know, what is possible. I, I, I like to say, I mean, you know, I, it, I think it was Winston Churchill that says, never let a good crisis go to waste. You know, and uh, we're trying we're trying to make sure that we don't do that. And and so we've we've really one we've shifted um, a lot of our focus to delivering support virtually, and that has actually been a blessing in disguise because now we're able to make our services and our support accessible to a lot more founders across the region. Yeah. And and so that's that's really allowed us to do more with with what we do. Mm, there's been blessings uh, in the midst of of the craziness. There was um, a individual that went through our batch at the Thunder Launchpad. Uh, his name is Cody Merritt, and he um, had this idea to help people coming out of incarceration to help them get jobs. And it was going to be a fund that government and businesses would fund it. And so the businesses that would hire them, they wouldn't pay them. The, their payment would come out of the fund. Well, because of COVID, because of the crazy unemployment rate, it's now broadened to not just people who are incarcerated, but anybody who's unemployed. And it's taken a huge pivot and it, he's got some great funding behind it. And it's he took something, you know, that could have been you know, crisis, a little bit difficult, but he just pivoted a bit and now he's thriving. It's really r rolling. So we can learn a lot. Yeah, we can learn a lot through that. So. Hello. Hey, thank you for listening in on another episode of Conversations Around Good. My name is Hetty. I'm a team member here at Made Possible By, and we wanted to take a moment to share a little bit about what Made Possible By does. We make giving easy for community-minded businesses, and we provide a more effective way to share their stories of good. Small to mid-sized businesses don't have the resources that large corporations do to hire staff to process their sponsorship and donation requests or a marketing team to share how they choose to invest in their communities. Made Possible By provides an easy to use time-saving solution to help a company process their request and we help companies better connect with their customers and community by providing a permanent location to share their stories of good. We believe that you don't have to be a big business to make a big difference. We would love for you to reach out to us today at madepossibleby.us or email our team member Tracy at Tracy at madepossibleby.us. We truly want to help you make your good loud. Now, back to the episode. Tell us your vision for the Caribbean and how you're working to help and shape it and contribute to its growth. 
Yeah, so my, my vision for the Caribbean is very grand. I'm a Caribbean man through and through. Um, and I, I love I love my, my region. And, you know, one of the things about the region is that uh, we're made up of a very creative and expressive people. We are incredibly resilient. Um, we are very enterprising, but part of what we are known for globally is beautiful sunshine, um, turquoise waters and sandy beaches. You know, and that is great. Persons love us for the vacations, but I want I, I, I want the world to see the Caribbean for something else, and and it's our ingenuity and it's our problem solving ability, the ability to essentially take problems and develop solutions to them. And so a, a large part of what we do is being able to launch what I call Startup Caribbean, which is this drive to really produce a high density of startups that are not just solving regional problems, but are solving global problems. And I think we're perfectly positioned to do that. We've got the climate, we've got the, the level of education, we've got the people with the resilience to be able to do it. We just need to impose the structure and the uh, processes to realize it. And so what we've been doing in a quiet and methodical way is trying to develop our, pro our programs to ensure that we create access for those big dreamers we um, develop a platform for the crazy ones to explore and express themselves and we create a throughput to get um, innovative ideas funded. Well, that's a that's a big vision, right? I mean, yeah. you're right. The whole world, yeah, yes, the whole world does see the Caribbean as the beautiful beaches, but I appreciate how you're trying to add something to it, right? You don't want to erase that vision, but you want to add that we are so much more. We are so much more. We have so much more to offer the world. Do you have anyone right now in your batches or that you're working with who has a really cool global idea that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, we, we've 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 got a couple. I mean, one one right now is is a female founder who's been working on. Um, utilizing technology and gamification to address the issues very predominant locally around um, recycling and waste management, but that's a global issue as well. And so it's literally um, using the technology to allow persons to what we call turn cash, turn trash into cash. And so um, She's been working on that and recently received some funding support to do so. We've been also, you know, uh, working with with a with a company who is focusing on movement as a service, which is you know logging and ca and cataloging the analyzing the data supplied by the movement of persons and transportation to be able to um, fuel governments and, and private sector to make more informed decisions around planning, around distribution of support and, and resources. Uh, uh, we've also got a, a company that is that is focusing on 
uh, solving the uh, the education divide when it comes to online learning and this is even more critical now in this time yeah. so it's really delivering um, online learning that is tailored to the specific learning style of the student uh, so whether they are a kinetic learner whether they are a um, read-write learner depending on what their learning style is and it's one of those technologies that's not readily available right now, but it's been piloted and, and, and pioneered right here in the region. And I'm happy to say that we've been able to play a small part in the development of all of those ideas and those individual founders. Well, those are big ideas. And you're right. Those are global issues that we're all addressing right now. Um, yeah. That's I look forward to hearing their solution. Get it out there, right? Yes. Get yes. it out there. Make some changes. So say our listeners are hearing and learning new things about the Caribbean, that you're so much more than a beautiful sunset. How can they get involved? How can they connect with you or Tin Habitat? What does that look like? So first of all, we are easy to find. We are available on all of the social media platforms. You just type in Ten Habitat, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, and then there's our website, of course, tenhabitat, T-E-N, habitat.com. But one of the things that, that I'm really big on is mentorship. Uh, I really believe that every founder should have a mentor or even more than one. And, um, and the reason more than one is that many mentors bring varying perspectives that allows you to assess your ideas through multiple lens. Um, and so what we've been actively doing is trying to, you know, reach out and embrace those individuals globally that see our vision as something worth supporting and are willing to help in the form of mentorship. Uh, whether it is talking to a group of founders, whether it is taking on the responsibility of simply guiding a founder through a development process or helping them to solve specific problems. Uh, it's, it's, it's so important that we understand that, you know, um, what you do as a mentor has a lifetime impact on the individual that you mentor. And so if there's anything I can appeal for is individuals to step forward and step out and become mentors. And we're ready and happy to accept. Okay, so they just reach out to you and say, I've been down this road and I would love to help. So they, they, they just reach out, they can say, I mean, I, I'll, uh, my email address is skmbridge at 10habitat.com. They can email, email me directly or to our general email address info at 10habitat and they can reach out. Or they can simply register on our website. There's a section on the website for mentors to be able to register themselves. And then we reach out. But yeah, I mean, if there's anything we would love to be able to have more of are mentors, mentors and coaches. Yes. So a lot of people might think they don't have any skills to offer, 
but everybody does, right? Everybody's good. Everyone can be a man. You see, the thing is, mentorship for me is about life skills, life experiences. And, and some persons think, well, if you've never been an entrepreneur, you can't be a mentor. Or if you've never succeeded at a business, you can't be a mentor. But actually, those who have failed have some of the best lessons to share with entrepreneurs because failure is one step along the journey of success. And so I, I tend to say to persons, you learn so much more from your failures than you do from your successes. You know, it teaches you great resilience and uh, stick it to this. You know, there's <laughs> a word I we have to We have to appreciate that everyone brings a different perspective. And you would be surprised at what you can offer as an individual to someone else through the role of mentorship. You know, you would be absolutely surprised. You know, some we do in 10 Habitat is why we say that there are two things we focus on. It's community first, mindset second, and business third. The reason why mindset and community is so important as well is because we are social creatures. We are emotional creatures. When you encounter challenges in your business, sometimes it personal issues that you've got going on, whether it's with your mate, whether it's with your parent, or whether it's with your friend, has a direct impact on your ability to push through the business challenges that you face. And if there's someone that can say, look, I had this problem and this is how I solved it, or this is what you should be focusing on in your personal relationship with your mom or your personal relationship with your spouse, that in itself helps because it helps to give a different perspective that allows you to get into the headspace that, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can handle this. Mm -hmm. So hearing mentorship some... comes in many different forms. Yes. Yeah. Hearing somebody else's story just gives you the courage, right? To know, one, I'm not yes. alone. I'm not alone. Somebody else has done this. And you're going to walk with me through it, right? So we can do this exactly. together. Because nobody builds businesses alone. And we shouldn't do life That's alone. Right. Yeah, COVID taught That's us right. that. We, we really don't want to do life alone. <laughs> we really don't. Yes. No. So when you hear uh, the term corporate social responsibility, what does that mean to you? Well, <clears throat> uh, I, I would say I drop the corporate and I focus on social responsibility, yeah. you know, because I believe that we all function in, in, um, in a society that is and can be made better if we pay it forward. So our responsibility is to ensure that we pay it forward so that we can end up living in a society where everyone thrives and our businesses thrive. Um, there's, there's no way you want to be contributing to a depressed society. There is no way you want to be existing in a society where you can see the, the um, negative um, effects of economies or poverty or, you know, um, 
disadvantaged um, youth around you and not want to contribute. So for me, it's an emphasis on social responsibility. And like I always say, you know, I've got so many sayings, but I, it's one I always say, uh, the old saying that it takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a community to build a business. And so, you know, if, if, we, if we can start to focus on just the, the mere fact that we are part of the society we inhabit, so it's a responsibility to ensure that it's strong, it's resilient, and it's happy. Mm -hmm. It's just living a life that's not about me, right? It's exactly. others focused. Exactly. It's not about me. No, I love that. So how does Tin Habitat choose to give back to your communities? What does that look like for you all? Uh, well, what, what we do is we, we um, work a lot with, uh, with, with charities and, and um, civil society. We also contribute a lot to government programs and community-based programs. In fact, we have recently launched a community-based program to help charities using our expertise in entrepreneurship to help those charities to use entrepreneurial thinking to build more sustainable structures within their organizations so that they can continue to sustainably do the good work that they do. Um, and all of that is at no cost to the, to the charities. Um, we also are a very big proponent of um, technology education and so as part of that we run an after-school program for youth to be able to get exposed to technology um, and software uh, development from as early as seven years old so that they can start to understand the myriad of possibilities that exist for them out there by getting exposed to the technologies at a very early age not just being consumers of it, but being producers and creators of it. Well, that's the next level of entrepreneurs, right? Or those young people, because they're going to have ideas that we would never, ever even think of, you know, because they, exactly. they're, they're young and bright and their brains are still squishy and learning things. And, you know. and we have a responsibility to ensure that we help to cultivate a bright future. And that means investing in them now. Right? And in ensuring that they've got not just the right attitude, but the right access to be able to do the amazing things that we can only dream of. Exactly. They need somebody to believe in them. And then there we come back to the mentoring again, <laughs> that, that we're providing opportunities and, and sharing what we have. That's great. So do you think that it's okay for businesses to talk about the good that they're doing in their communities? So I, I think it's okay for businesses to, let me see how I should say this. It's not just talk about the good, but share the good they're doing in communities. I am not a fan of promoting the good that you do. See, there's this, this for me, there's this distinct difference. It, it, I'm a fan of, of sharing the good you do so that you can inspire others to join your cause so that yeah. you can get more persons being part of the good that you do but as a way of um experience and pr exercises i'm not a fan of yeah it's it's about authenticity right about just being real and letting your actions show right 
Because yes. people, people can yeah. tell when it's promotional or when it's, I'm here to do this for the good of the community or for to shout out about this organization that we're helping because we really believe in what they're doing. There's, yeah. there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do agree. I mean, there there are a lot of persons doing some amazing work, and there are a lot of organizations that are supporting that work. I think it behooves those organizations that are supporting that work to talk about the amazing work the the individuals are doing that they're supporting, and how others can get involved to help you know support that work. There's a lot of work to be done. And so there's never a, sh a shortage, or I should say there, there's never an over preponderance of, of help. There's certainly more space for others to come in and share in the good work that's being done by others. Yeah, exactly. So when businesses share the good that they're doing, um, authentically, it inspires other people Absolutely. to get out there and do Absolutely. and do their own version of good, whatever that looks like. You know, whatever. You know, yeah, whatever. which is why I, I was so excited to be on your program because I see that you are doing exactly that. You're sharing the good others are doing. You're talking about the work they're doing, and I love that. I love, I love your mandate. I love your vision. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We love. We say we love to make good loud. We love to share stories of good because it inspires That's other people. Nice. Yeah, I love that. So Selwyn, what is your um, call to action today? If you were leaving all of our listeners with one thing today, what would you want them, what would their takeaway be? I would say it's not so much about how much you've achieved, but it's about how, much, how many lives you've been able to change with how much you've achieved. Yeah. Uh, I think that we, we really need to start to focus on, you know, Building, yes, legacy is great, but building legacy through the impact of lives that you've changed and not so much through the, the, you know, um, the display of what you've acquired and what you've achieved. I think we, we build a much longer and sustainable legacy that way by impacting lives with what we've achieved. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. It's not about the dollar, right? It comes back to comes back to humans, comes back to the people. Yeah. That's great. Well, Selwyn, thank you for taking the time to join us today. I really appreciate that. I'm excited to hear more about Tin Habitat, and I really do want to come to the next Caribbean Summit. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when the next one is. We're, we're Usually it's, it's every, it's every um, March, and then we started to, sh not March, April every april uh but we are kind of playing it by ear right now because of the pandemic and the uncertainty around uh travel and mm -hmm. so we'll, we'll see how it goes but either way we're going to have a summit whether it's in person or whether it's virtual but ideally we'd love to have it in person and here is an open invitation to you to come well, to beautiful Barbados and well, experience her hospitality while doing some good and making good well, loud. I would love to do that. We could do multiple podcasts there. We could just connect with all these different businesses that are doing good all over the world. Oh, I would love to do that. Exactly. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I want to make that, I'll make that we happen. Will. We will. <laughs> well, For sure. thank you again, Selwyn. I appreciate it. No worries at all. And thank you so much. Stay safe. Thanks. Thank you for listening in to another episode of the Made Possible By podcast. Made Possible By helps make community giving 
easy. The businesses we serve love to give back to their communities with their time, product, and cash. It's rewarding, but not easy. So let us help you continue to do good in your community.